Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned into the best fatherhood radio show in the world. Furthering Fathering Radio Show. It's the Furthering Fathering Radio Show. The, the, the brothers are back in the building. Brother J in NYC and Brother L in the ATL. The, the, the Furthering Fathering Radio Show starts in five. Four, three, two, one. You ready? Let's get the conversation started. I emphasize that if anyone is listening to this as a replay or listening to it live, connect with further and fathering. You will be encouraged. You will be edified. The 20, 30 minutes that we're on the radio chopping it up is nothing compared to the energy and the strength you will receive from men who love you just because you're a man. And then as they get to know you, they speak life to you, they challenge you, they affirm you, and they enable you to be powerful where you're needed, which is with your family. Brother Derek, you're saying hello. It's not only only, um, good for the child, but I think it's a mandate from God. Um, I think the heart of the Father belongs to men, and God has called us to be that for as many children as we can. So I don't echo everything you said. I'm, I'm, I'm fully on board with that. And I think um, the call is for more men to embrace that truth so that we can begin to rebuild our community, our nation, one family at a time. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Furthering Fathering Radio Show. <laughs> I am your host, uh, Jeremy Maynard here in New York. My best friend, uh, Lamont Jones, is busy, busy, busy doing Furthering Fathering and Fathering Incorporated work, uh, uh, nailing some things down there in Georgia. So uh, I am really looking forward to this show, as I said you know we're blessed with over 180,000 heartbeats a day and 23,000 breaths a day. That's why I say I'm excited to be alive. We have a special guest today. Um, I'll introduce her after we talk to the host with the most, our Heavenly Father, who is the Aleph Better Left. And he, he, he gives us word because we're going to be talking about what to say to our children. In general, the importance of communication So from Proverbs 15, I'm going to read from the Amplified, and it says, and this is verses 1 to 5, it says, A soft and gentle and thoughtful answer turns away wrath, but harsh and painful and careless words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise speaks knowledge that is pleasing and acceptable, but the babbling mouth of fools spouts folly. The eyes of the Lord are every place, watching the evil and the good in their endeavors. A soothing tongue, speaking words that build up and encourage, is a tree of life. But uh, perversive tongue, speaking words that overwhelm and depress, crushes the spirit. A flippant arrogant fool rejects his father's instruction and correction, but he who is willing to learn and regards and keeps mind a a, a 
requires good sense. Uh, thank you, Lord, for this incredible opportunity to speak to someone you filled and prepared throughout her entire life uh, to, to share what it is wisdom to say, because the strength of your relationship is your communication. The actual foundation of your relationship with anybody is your communication. How and what we say is important. So, Heavenly Father, bless our hearts and minds. Give us words of wisdom. Uh, bless us, Lord, so that others may glean from it. May they eat the meat, spit out the bones. May they uh, uh, capture the fruit and plant seed. Bless this talk in the master's name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Amen and amen. I am excited. As we have um, a, a special guest, Dr. Adele LaFrance, Ph.D. She is the author of a book named What to Say to Kids When Nothing Works. Welcome to the show, Adele. <laughs> thank you so much, and thank you for that beautiful blessing. It really is an honor to be uh, with you. Thank you. Oh, it is an honor to speak to you as well. Um, you uh, have written this book in order, because we, even before the show we talked about uh, giving people tools um, and one of the, some of the most important tools that we can give are tools mm -hmm. for them to relate emotionally and for them to properly communicate. And so can you speak a little bit about your book and the importance of it, why it was written, and um, um, and, and how are things in Colorado even? Because even, <laughs> she's out in Colorado, mm -hmm. folks. <laughs> yes, well, thank you. Um, you know, the the primary reason why I wrote the book was because I had been working as a psychologist for over a decade with uh, families where one of their children was really struggling in one way or another. And we would meet and, I, you know, I would try my best to hold them in their pain, in their struggle to be the best parents they could be, you know, despite these really challenging circumstances. And every once in a while, I would say, you know what, try saying this informed by my practice, informed by my studies, informed by my research, try saying this. And I would write them down, you know, little scripts that could help them to open the door or move through something really big or challenging between them and their child. And two things happen. One is that over and over, they, over again, they would say, like, you need to write a book of things to say, like these really, really concrete st strategies written out in actual scripts for us to be able to be guided in the moment when, when stress is high, when emotion is high. And the other thing that they said, which honestly brought me to tears on more than one occasion was I wish someone would have taught this to us when we were just starting our family or earlier in our journey together as a family, because there was this, this belief that perhaps they could have avoided some of the suffering that they experienced as a family. And so in honor of those parents, those step parents, those foster parents, those grandparents, you know, we wanted to write this book to bring the best of what neuroscience has taught us to the everyday family, not just those who are struggling, um, including exactly what to say, you know, when, when nothing seems to work, it doesn't mean it works all the time, but it right. gives 
parents something to stand on, something to start with. Powerful, powerful, powerful. I mean, that is an important tool to have because, you know, very often the adage people, the uh, uh, misinformed people say, oh, there's no book on this, you know, there's no book on parenting. I, I, I beg to differ. Actually, you're the book on parenting. The the, the, the parent mm-hmm. is the book on parenting because mm-hmm. what we say in Furthering Fathering is the first learning style of a child is observation. So, mm-hmm. um, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and if you heard the last two words of, of the of the scripture, it said good sense. You know, uh, uh, we, we uh, there's a purpose behind our communication. We want to uh, 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 because really we, we 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 know we say we're raising children, but ultimately, if we're passing on the right things, we're raising adults. We're raising quality contributing adults, and it's, in good sense, it's connected to good sensitivity. Good sensitivity, when communicated effectively and consistently, irrigates the seed of good sense. But, you know, sometimes we have the errors in communication which are cre- create the misinterpretations, you know, you know, the loss of context. You know, you know sometimes mm-hmm. the busyness that people have, the fiscal struggles can overwhelm. And then there's something I call error errors where you're trapped in the error in which you grew up and you assume the children now are the way – well, some, in some aspects, yes, are the way that they were back then, yeah. but you, you're not hearing the, the minimize their nuances and their struggles. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, in the desire to appear mature as an adult, you know, uh, uh, creating that authoritative, stern ignorance, uh, what things have you heard from children uh, that they hear from their parents that they ought not to say? Because you, your book is full of things to say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, my <laughs> yeah. best friend always talks about hear what's not said. So what are they not – what are things they should not say? Well, what children um, have said to us, you know, in our offices is that they really want their parents to know that they love them fully and completely despite how they may be acting or despite what they might be saying in the heat of the moment. Their brains are – not fully developed yet, and so they can go offline, so to speak, a little easier. And so they really want to, want their parents to know that even in those times, that they love them completely, they love them fully, and they want their parents to kind of show that they know that even in those moments. It's so reassuring, um, for sure. So that's one of the things that I would say that m- many children have shared. The other is that they don't want their parents to blame themselves in front of them, you know, or they don't want to blame wow. themselves, period, is the truth of it. Because because that child loves that parent so much, and it really is this beautiful, unconditional love, um, when, a, when a parent self-blames or self-criticizes, it really, it really hurts the child because of their, you know, because of that deep bond between them. And they they want their parents to know that they are doing the very best they can. Everyone is doing the very best they can. Sometimes parents think that self-criticism or self-blame is a way of showing remorse, you know, or, or even showing love. But yeah. it really can overload the system for a child. Wow. I had, I, to be honest, I had never heard that. Because we're big on transparency, you know, um, mm-hmm. age-appropriate transparency. You know, so that they have realistic expectations. But what you just said uh, uh, opens up a whole another because we're big on affirmation, and um, 
you know, at the forefront of what we encourage in further and fathering. You know, um, uh, as dads, we, we want to, you know, the word says, good man leaves an inheritance for his children, his children's children. And you want to put something in them that, that because we don't want to lie to our children. That has exactly. so much, uh, that has a, a horrible effect. Even the little lies mm-hmm. when, when you show hypocrisy, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how do you, you had a, 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 in your uh, a bio, you had something about validating their feelings and why, how mm-hmm. is that connected to affirmation and why is that so important? Because as you talked about, you don't want to beat yourself up um, in mm-hmm. front of them, um, but you want to affirm them. Uh, um, Mm -hmm. And how is that related to validating their feelings? Well, you know, um, the the difference between affirming them and even owning your mistakes, you know, is really in in the quality of it. Are you beating yourself up or are you showing strength in your capacity to be self reflective about your own part? you know, in the dyad or in the difficulty. And those two things are completely different. The flavors of them are completely different. That second one feels good to the child. Like, yeah. wow, my parent can hold themselves in strength and see that sometimes they make mistakes versus, oh, my gosh, my parent's beating themselves up, and that is too much for me to bear. So that's kind of one element of it. And it's, that nuance can be so important. The other is validation what happens at the brain level is when, it, when the parent can put into words their child's experience from their child's point of view, the brain actually starts to calm down. Really incredible process. So if, if let's say your child doesn't want to do their homework, no, dad, I don't want to do my homework. It's boring. I'm never going to use this. I don't plan on being, you know, a physics teacher one day. And you as a, as a parent say to them, you know what, kid? I do not blame you for not wanting to do that physics homework because it is a beautiful day out there and you've been cooped up inside and I bet you you want to go out and play or hang out with your friends or I can see why that homework is hard to get going because it's hard to see the real life implications of what you're doing here, what you're learning here. When you can make a few statements like that, putting into words the child's experience, what happens at the brain level is that there are these beautiful neurochemicals that are released that bring calm to the brain. And mm-hmm. then when you affirm the child and you tell them, I believe in you, you can get through this. It won't be forever. You know, let me help you. They have more flexibility. And so your validation in like when you're putting into words their experience is actually a gift that you're giving their physiology that helps them come to a place of increased flexibility so that they can engage in the, with the world in a way that's going to be really good for them in the long term. Wow. You know, um, that, it, it's incredible because we're talking about the dialogue uh, with the child. And, um, you know, one thing I, I know, since we stated earlier that at Further and Father we say, you know, the first learning style of a child is observation. You know, many parents don't realize or, or or even care that, like Alexa, just about everything they say in earshot of their child is captured and stored. So so mm-hmm. we, we at Further and Farther are big on saying be consistent. 
And also, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not just in your communication, but the level of your honor, because our first core principle is honor. So the mm-hmm. level of your honor is the level of your relationship. So if your child, it goes even beyond the beating up, that if you're not aligned with what you're teaching them, it, it, it kind of negates what you taught them. So how okay. does what you say around your child uh, affect them when you speak to your child? Mm-hmm. I like to say speak with your child because speaking to yeah. is very general. But speaking yeah. with, uh, which is what you were just talking about, speaking with your child is a, is mm-hmm. a, is a, uh, opens up uh, uh, avenues for real growth and communication. So wh- uh, why is it so important that we line up what we say uh, and, and mm-hmm. model it, because we've been talking about modeling really um, throughout the entire conversation. Why is that so important for not just the child, but the, the, the parent-child dynamic? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the reasons why it's so important to align your words with your values is because if there's a mismatch, your child will feel it, and it can create some anxiety in them because they can feel that something is off, but maybe don't have the sophistication, you know, developmentally to be able to kind of pinpoint, gosh, what is it that's happening here? Um, I don't, there's a feeling in my body that doesn't feel good. And does it mean that I can't trust myself or I can't trust my parent? You know, so having real clear alignment on what you say, how you feel, your values is really, really important. On the other hand, I would argue that just as important as trying your best every day to be aligned, just as important is how you handle your mistakes. So like in the book, there's a, there's a chapter and it's called the do over. And honestly, Mm -hmm. Jeremy, it's probably my favorite one because we are wired to have default responses based on our social conditioning and we are wired to want to lean away from vulnerability, for example, or lean away from anger. And so it is inevitable that we're going to, you know, make these kinds of mistakes. And so when a child sees their parent making a mistake and then coming back to do it over, and so it could sound like this, um, you know what I realized yesterday when you told me that you were feeling sad about what happened with your friend. I told you not to worry. I, you know, I pushed you along. What I should have said was, yeah, it makes sense to me that you'd feel sad about that because that relationship is really important to you. And I should have given you a hug and, you know, asked you to go for a walk. So that, that do-over, that modeling is huge mm-hmm. because it shows kids that, number one, you were thinking of them. Number two, they're so important to you that you wanted to circle back and try it again in a way that was, you know, more heart-centered. And number three, that when they make mistakes, they can do the exact same thing. Powerful, powerful, powerful. So you were teaching them to be responsible adults by being responsible adults, by owning. Precisely. um, Yep, and you're teaching them that vulnerability is positive, and that making mistakes are no big deal because we're human, and because we're human, we are imperfect. Powerful, 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 and very, very true. Um, you know, um, when, um, you know, uh, 
in the beginning, I was I was supposed to not just introduce you, but introduce your book. Um, the book, what to say to your kids when nothing works? How can they how can they get that book? Where where, where can they they purchase that book? And and uh, can you describe the cover? <laughs> Of course, yeah. So right yeah. now um, the book is available on Amazon.com, and it's What to Say to Kids When Nothing Seems to Work. And I wrote it with my dear friend and colleague, Ashley Miller, who's a child psychiatrist from Canada. And it has like an aqua-colored cover, nice big words. And the fun thing about the title is in the word work, the K is hanging, you know, so it shows that yeah. – Family life can be messy, you know. We can yeah. we can have uh, bumps along the road, and and it's no problem. We can heal from that. That's 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 powerful, and, and uh, we definitely want to honor the, your your co-author Lauren, and um, we're very thankful because you know further and farther we formed when two dads conversation. <laughs> Uh, we said this conversation is going to help someone. So when two uh, child psychiatrists get together and two doctors get together and say, you know what, let's let's uh, encapsulate this and and share it. Um, it it's mm-hmm. a powerful thing. So I definitely want to honor her and 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 definitely want to get uh, those yeah. who are able to get the book to go and get the book. And, um, and you know, while we're sheltering in place and you're increasing your reading, there's something else that you may want to read. <laughs> so um, exactly. You know, uh, I have a, have, a, have a couple of, of, of other dads on the line, but before we get to that, um, because we're a fatherhood organization, we're, we're you know, kind of every say everyone has a fatherhood story, positive or negative, with either their own mm-hmm. father, their spouse, or a father who's influenced them or impacted them. Can you speak to that um, um, so that uh, it lends to 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 to, to your, your passion about father? Because as we spoke about even before the show. Absolutely. You know, part of my reason for wanting to write this book was to honor both my parents in different ways. And my father is um, a really special man, and he worked really hard our whole lives, you know, to support us in the ways that he could. It wasn't always perfect, um, though, because he wasn't taught as a young man how to, you know, how to lean into vulnerability, for example, to sadness, to fear, to shame. And so I could see that he wanted to connect with us in those ways, but didn't always have the words. And yet he had the heart and the spirit for it. And um, so, you know, part of my reason for writing this book was to honor both my parents. But, you know, if we're talking about fathering, like I was so grateful that even though he didn't always have the words, I felt it so deeply in my heart. And, um, you know, but the words really can, take it to a just a whole other level. And it's been quite a journey, actually. Having a daughter for a psychologist, you know, isn't always easy. <laughs> but we have just really evolved and grown as a dyad, and we're to a place now we can just talk about anything. <laughs> you know, um, I always say the father, father-daughter relationship is actually a father-daughter, lifelong father-daughter dance. That would, you being a, a, a child, psychi- a child psychiatrist <laughs> would make the father-daughter dance very interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let uh, someone in on the line. Uh, I think, I believe this is Pastor Brown. Pastor Brown, how you doing, sir? Are you there? 
I don't know if you can hear me. Yeah, Pastor Brown. So how you doing, Pastor Brown? Say hi to uh, to, to Doctor LaFrance. Adele, uh, Sister Adele is, is an incredible woman who's who, who's written a book designed to help parents speak to their kids when nothing else works. So I, I'm pretty sure mm. you have while you were listening, you 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 have a question that you would like to ask or something something you'd like to add. I'd like to ask, um, maybe it's maybe not uh, quite, but um, when we was growing up, I know my days, we got spankings. And um, they were saying that the, and uh, spankings only teaches our kids to be violent. Uh, I didn't spank my kids. Is that true? That it teaches them to be violent? Yes, yeah, so when you spank your kids, yeah. it, it, te- so, it teaches well, them to be violent. Well, a couple things. Yeah, it it teaches them to obey rather than to respond in relationship. And so that's one of the, you know, potential negative outcomes of spanking. The other is that they learn these strategies, you know, that are known to be harmful. So so at the at the very least, you know, they're learning to obey as opposed to connect at a heart-centered level with you. Um and then at the worst of times, it, it really can erode self-esteem and, and uh, damage the relationship and, um, and then perhaps even increase the, the use of those kinds of strategies in their own life. Thankfully, though, it can be healed. That kind of, so if people are listening and they're like, oh, my gosh, I've already done that or, you know, that's not something that I, would, I, I knew to do different, uh, we certainly worked with so many different families where we can heal some of those injuries, some of those ruptures. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And we have uh, another caller, 831, 8831. Are you, are you on the line? Uh, yes, sir, Brother Greg, how are you guys doing? Oh, down in Georgia. How you doing, Greg? Hello. <laughs> I'm well, everybody. How about yourselves? Very well, Excited thank to be you. alive. <laughs> Do you have a question? Amen, do you have a brother. question? Do you have a question or statement that you'd like to make? Oh, oh I brief have, though, because we only have four minutes. All right, bro. It ain't gonna be. It ain't gonna be for four minute statement. <laughs> no, okay. what I, no, what I was saying. What, what I've learned as a parent, I learned. The, I learned to balance between the two. Because that's because at the end of the day, you 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 want to get the best be get the best behavioral result from the child. And just not just not beating your child. Mm. And I've been that's, fortunate to be a coach before I became a dad, so that helped me a whole lot. Helped me a whole lot as a parent. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, you you say balance between the two, which means to correct verbally and uh, chasing if if it, it, it uh at times as well. So that's what you said. If, 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 if necessary, you know, just to captivate your child's attention to let them know there is a consequence and not listen to, let's just say, as a parent, as an authority figure. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, well, we, awesome. we've, been really, we've been really excited by being able to find other strategies that make it so that parents don't have to use those kinds of techniques to kind of get their child's attention. Um, so I would always encourage people to keep working on increasing that tool belt because 
um, yeah, it really does promote a different kind of relationship where the child, you know, leans into wanting to show up in the ways that they know they need to or that they know their parents want them to. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we, we're, we're down to about three minutes left in the show. You know, there's uh, um, I, in the intro and, and the write-up, I, I, I wrote, speak with children wisely, lovingly, especially now, especially now that we're in, in this uh, isolation and uh, um, mm-hmm. sheltering in place. When you speak at someone, it's like tar- it's like target practice. You hit or miss. When you speak to someone, it's general and it requires quality for it to work. However, when you speak with someone, you provide the groundwork for communication to be understood and received. Um, so, um, Dr. Adele LaFrance, thank you for mm-hmm. speaking with us so that we could grow. So I'm going to pray us out very quickly, and I'm telling everyone, go to Amazon and get, and, and get this book. Um, by Dr. Adele Francis and Lauren Miller, correct? <laughs> Ashley Miller, yeah. <laughs> Ashley Miller. Why do I keep saying Lauren? Uh, Ashley Miller. Okay. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this incredible time of understanding the importance of modeling maturity without beating yourself up, the value of being the hero that your child is looking at, consistently so that um, they in turn learned how to become a quality adult. You said be perfect as I am perfect, which means to be mature as I am mature. And if we model that, we are operating in the love that you're asking for. You are the Aleph that Aleph. You are furthering fathering where fatherhood is elevated Families are transformed and communities are improved and empowered by our five core principles, which form the word heart, honor, encouragement, accountability, reconciliation, and training. Bless Dr. LaFrance and Dr. Miller in their endeavors. We thank you in the matchless name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Amen. And until next week, we want to say thank you and, and God bless. God bless Bye-bye. you, bro. Hey, Molly. All right, here we go.